Hey, it's Monty. I'm doing a couple of talks this January. One is the second feature store meetup, where I'll be speaking along with a technical lead from Uber. The other is TwimmelCon, a machine learning conference led by my fellow podcaster, Sam Charrington. You can find out more at mlminutes.com slash events. Hi, I'm Monty Zwieben, CEO of Splice Machine. You're listening to ML Minutes, where cutting-edge thought leaders discuss machine learning in one minute or less. This episode, our guest is Boris Softman, head of perception and trucking engineering at Waymo, an autonomous driving technology company. Prior to Waymo, Boris was the co-founder and CEO of Anki, where he developed and shipped over three and a half million racing and entertainment robots and devices all over the world. Welcome, Boris. Uh, thank you, Monty. Real pleasure to be on. Well, Boris, you've done really interesting things from your PhD thesis in robotics to what you're doing now at Waymo. Tell us about your journey. How did you get to where you are now? It was a um, started uh, uh, really getting excited about artificial intelligence and robotics. Um, did a PhD at Carnegie Mellon where I was focused on off-road autonomous vehicles. Um, uh, uh, it was a lot of the early research at the time was happening at Carnegie Mellon, which was super fun. Uh, I took a detour from the space for about uh, nine or ten years uh, and started Anki, which was a consumer robotics startup focused on a variety of entertainment products, which was a lot of fun. We ship products all over the world and. Um, or we're able to push on unique uh, capabilities at low cost. And then now I am at, uh, at Waymo um, leading the perception team and the autonomous uh, trucking team. Excellent. Um, I'm, I can't imagine how much fun it is to go from just studying this to in putting toys out there for kids to enjoy robotics all the way through to working with autonomous vehicles. Just for our audience to truly understand, why is it so important to have self-driving vehicles. Why is autonomous driving so important? It's, um, you know, without a doubt, one of the biggest um, uh, you know, technology uh, potentials in the world, um, both in terms of safety and uh, efficiency. So on the safety front, um, on the consumer side, you have just in the U.S., 40,000 people a year that, uh, that die from automotive accidents. Um, and, you know, that, and that's just a safety argument. On the efficiency side, um, you know, we've seen the stats on how much, people, how much time people spend in traffic and uh, on trucking. Um, there's a shortage of drivers that's uh, 65,000 today. It'll be 225,000 within a handful of years. Um, and the average age is 50 because nobody wants to go into this field while the demand is actually getting higher and higher. Um, and so you have this like backbone of both personal and goods transportation um, that is now constrained by all these awkward things like commute time or um, caps and driver distance and so forth um, that can completely rethink both um, how urban uh, environments are laid out as well as how our goods get to us. Interesting. So you're not only solving... Um, a convenience problem. This is a true supply chain optimization problem that's constrained by the capacity of drivers. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about the problems that you're working on now to solve uh, the driverless experience at Waymo. Yeah, very different flavor of uh, of problems than before. Um, definitely different constraints and different uh, scale of challenges. 
Um, but it's uh, it's the most exciting robotics and AI problem I've ever seen in my life. Um, so I, uh, I get to focus on the autonomous trucking vertical. It's uh, interesting because it's um, a slightly more structured environment um, uh, that you can lean into uh, than the consumer side. But at the same time, we're dealing with higher speeds and higher safety risks. And so there's different types of complexities. Um, but what, what our goal is, is to get large scale autonomous uh, trucks and vehicles in general, in the case of Waymo, uh, into uh, mass market use and to do it safely uh, and reliably. Um, and in the process, we get to tackle some of the most interesting um, AI problems that I, I could have ever imagined and definitely have built a lot of appreciation for them. Excellent. So um, in your experience in in um, this more structured but higher speed environment on the trucking side, uh, what are some of the main uses of machine learning for autonomous driving? Yeah, so a lot of the core technology is actually shared between the car side and the trucking side, which has been a really massive advantage because Waymo's got 10 years of experience in working on this problem. Um, so I'd say one of the areas that's most mature in terms of uh, leveraging machine learning is a perception system. Uh, this is a team I've gotten to work with very closely. Um, we have incredibly large-scale data coming in uh, from a large variety of sensors, and at the end of the day, the, the problem of understanding robustly what is happening in the world around us is a uh, pretty mass scale machine learning problem with a wide variety of categories from objects to semantics um, uh, to, you know, even down to kind of base filtering. Um, and, uh, uh, and so we're leveraging a huge amount of models simultaneously. And over time, we're actually starting to use far more machine learning approaches, even on the planning side as well, which was traditionally a much more search driven um, uh, problem. Excellent. I read somewhere in the materials that are on the Waymo's blog that often some of the model building may actually have human input or at least be evaluated by human input with drivers that are going along in the testing vehicles there. Can you talk a little bit about how that human expert is in, injected into the process? Yeah, sometimes that's actually one of the best uh, signals that you have where um, it's hard, uh, particularly when you think about planning and behavior of the vehicle itself, um, it's very hard to come up with exactly the right answer the way you would on a classifier for um, for vehicles or for, uh, for animals. Um, in the case of something like planning, oftentimes the the right answer is a human expert driver, whether it's in a truck or a car, um, and the best metrics could end up being uh, comparisons to that human driver, like how uh, how were you relative to the level of aggressiveness or conservatism? Um, what choice did you make um, versus um, what they made? Um, or even in the case of uh, of a pr the prediction system to understand what might happen in the future for um, particular other agents in the environment, the best answer is exactly what they did do in the future. And so you can actually use that to have an automated uh, training feedback loop uh, to go back and actually train your systems in a way that's much more geared towards the real world. Excellent. So I think what you're saying is that um, on the planning side of the use of machine learning, where you're determining in a current state, uh, what is the next best action to take to get into uh, a future state that's closer to your objective or goal, that you may actually compare what the a system did to what a human would do in that case and and measure the differences and learn from those differences. Is that a fair assessment? 
Yeah, that's a fair assessment. And what's what's really interesting is that that expert could either be your vehicle and what the driver did, or uh, in some classes of problems, what other vehicles did. Um, and so we, we the advantage of one of the advantages that Waymo has is the sheer amount of data that we've collected, where we have over 20 million miles of autonomous driving with uh, all of the data that comes with that. Um, and so there's a giant amount of um, historical data that we can use to train these large scale systems. And sometimes it's to directly train a behavior or a response to a situation. And sometimes it's actually uh, indirectly propagating those signals back and actually training things like cost functions or heuristics um, that help us um, uh, better influence the overall behavior of the vehicle. Excellent. Okay, um, let's turn to the stack. Now, what are some of the tools that you're using in your tech stack uh, throughout each layer? Yeah, so what's what's interesting is that um, Waymo realized pretty quickly that you can't just think of autonomous driving as a software problem. There's a huge amount of influence that the, the hardware and sensors have um, on this challenge. And so uh, Waymo designs all of its sensors now in-house, um, and we're actually just bringing up a new generation of uh, of lasers and compute and, and vehicles, um, and that's a pretty gigantic advantage. And so we have our own custom designed sensors where we understand the sensitivities, the um, the filters, how to customize it relative to the um, the software. Um, we filter, we um, you know we propagate it through our systems. We use large scale labeling. Um, we use um, uh, uh, our own machine learning infrastructure. Um, we leverage a lot of the tool sets off of TensorFlow and related technologies. Um, in order to um, kind of optimize uh, training and labeling, we use a lot of uh, onboard systems uh, in order to execute this in real time. Uh, large amounts of internal infrastructure and simulation. Um, I, uh, I I could go on, but I would go through my minutes, so I'll probably stop there. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, okay, now if we had to kind of focus you on one big problem you've had in your time at Waymo that you focused upon that is still really vexing. What is it? Yeah. I'd say it's evaluation. Um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you can solve almost any problem if you have a really good metric um, that you're trying to optimize uh, and improve on. Um, in our case, that's really challenging, particularly when you get to like system-wide performance. Um, and if you have a really good evaluation system, you can use it simultaneously to detect uh, regressions um, to give you a gradient on how to improve um, towards driverless performance and beyond kind of human relative safety. Um, and you can use it to validate um, when you're actually ready to uh, to launch a system. Um, the challenge is, is that that's not always obvious um, uh, how to do that. Uh, and um, in a lot of ways, the sheer like complexity and dimensionality of this problem um, makes the evaluation problem one of the holy grails of uh, autonomous driving. Excellent. And so are the evaluation functions that you're optimizing against, um, do they include higher dimensions, like trying to optimize the speed by which you reach your destination or minimize the fuel you use, obviously always maximizing safety? Are those the kinds of dimensions that might be in an evaluation function, or do you get even much, much more fine-grained? 
Yeah, and that's exactly the right question. It's um, uh, it varies a lot. Sometimes they're very intuitive, um, like uh, safety metrics. Um, how close do you get to a collision? Um, and some evaluation of risk. So, for example, if you're trying to optimize for dangerous situations, cut-ins, um, uh, and interactions. Sometimes it's actually much more subtle and um, less intuitive, where um, you're trying to optimize for some, uh, you know, intermediate metric that's a measure of progress um, along the direction you want to go or something like comfort where you can imagine ways to engineer it, but it uh, it's very easy to come up with the wrong answer. Um, th- and then one of the biggest challenges is where in the end, you only get one choice on what you actually want to do. And the answer is some combination of metrics that might be at odds with each other where you want to make progress, but be safe and be comfortable and be decisive. And those are kind of uh, uh, over-constrained at times. That's what makes it really hard. Okay. So I have one more question that's um, kind of in that bonus area. Sure. In in terms of of AI, you've been doing AI for a number of years. Where do you see AI in 10 years? Ah, very good question. Um, uh, I do think there's a huge overlap between different applications. And so the sort of tools and breakthroughs that get developed, for example, in autonomous driving or voice recognition um, uh, or computer vision, um, they actually carry over quite well because there's a lot of like similarities and flavors. And so um, what I would what I would expect is that some of these um, uh, really amazing breakthroughs at new types of um uh, of understanding around large-scale data, um, I think we might be really surprised at how much those types of um, algorithms and approaches could be leveraged in completely different industries and have a big impact um, that becomes uh, a direct consequence of some of the massive areas of investment that's being made um, in areas like search or autonomous driving. Um, that part is really, really exciting to kind of see. And we've seen this all the time where you have the smartphone industry that has massive secondary benefits um, and, and likewise in other places. So being able to take maybe some of the techniques that you're using in autonomous driving and applying it to medical use cases exactly. or something like that. Yeah, medical, industrial, when you like think about the, you know, the sensors and the understanding um, of the world. Um uh, the hardest problems um, in the AV space um, like feel like a superset of some of the like largest AI problems today. So how do you understand human intent? Um, how do you understand massively like interactive systems? Um, those feel like they're the foundation for so many other AI challenges in front of us. Boris, this has been quite a bit of fun. It's been great catching up. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Awesome, Monty. Always a pleasure. Uh, thank you for the conversation. This is great. If you want to hear Boris nerd out more on technical details, check out our bonus minutes. They're linked in the show notes below and on our website, mlminutes.com. Next episode, we'll be exploring how machine learning is used to empower workers with a 100 million member community on Wednesday, January 20th. To stay up to date on our upcoming guests and giveaways, you can follow our Twitter and Instagram, at mlminutes. ML Minutes is produced and edited by Morgan Sweeney. I'm your host, Monty Zwieben, and this was an ML Minute.